Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor and the person who portrayed the teen on the bus in the 1981 movie Sharky's Machine, Robert Duncan McNeil and myself, yes, your favorite ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Teen on the bus. That was me. That was my first time in front of a camera ever. That's ever. why I had to throw that out there because it is important. This is your first role. Really. Yeah, I was you know, like, if you think about it. 15, 14, 15 yeah. or something. And yeah. this movie comes through town. They shot Sharky's in Atlanta. Machine yeah. shot in Atlanta. I don't know how I got hooked up with, they were looking for extras and featured extras. This was uh, not even really a role. Okay. But I did have to go in and audition because they for, wanted to see if you could act like you were a hostage. Gotcha. That's, yeah. It was a scene where the bad guys come on the bus and kind of take the bus hostage briefly. And so they wanted to see if we could act terrified and they cast me and a friend of mine barbara seraldo as the teen couple and we shot a couple of days they because they had stunts and stuff in the sequence did you make the final cut are you in the final cut can we see you i think so i'm you know what this feels like homework i should go look at sharky's machine find that scene yeah and see if i can freeze frame and maybe see me <laughs> i'd love to, i'd love to see it i'm guessing is your hair similar to masters of the universe yeah at this probably point? that kind, kind of long that kind longer of kind of you know shaggy yeah. look okay yeah yeah the other thing that that brings up for me is my very first time working on a film set and i i don't know how i did this but i started talking with the dp because I didn't know what you're supposed to do or not do, right? So, oh my goodness, <laughs> the DP's name was William Fraker or Bill Fraker. <laughs> now, if people look up Bill Fraker, he is a legendary DP. I had oh. no idea. He was one of the top DPs in the history of that time in Hollywood. William Fraker, legendary. Wow. I started chatting with him. I even got invited by Bill Fraker to a screening of a movie that had not even come out yet. He had directed it, actually. Bill Bill Fraker had directed this movie. It was like uh, Buffalo Bill or Wild Bill. I I forget. I'd have to look it up. But I remember going to a private screening, my mom (laughs) dropping me off because I had chatted with the DP so much and asked so many questions. And it's funny because that's my memory of that is that... I immediately was drawn to how are you making these movies? Yes. What, do you, what does a DP do? What do yes. you, little did I know that, you know, many years later that I would be drawn to the behind the scenes even more. Yes. As a director. That's the beginnings of was Robert, Dun- first Robert thing Duncan McNeil, the director, the beginnings of him. I was think you so, talking to the DP. But I wasn't even aware of it. I don't think no. I consciously thought, oh, maybe I can. I'm going to direct or produce. behind the no. scenes. You were just I chatty. Was 14 or 15 years yeah. old. I was just like yeah. curious. Well, Never thinking that could be a career. It did not occur to me right. that I would uh, go into show business, particularly film and television, because I'm yeah. from Atlanta, Georgia. Like, right. you don't do that. 
Right, but you, you left enough of an impression, a good impression, that he invited you to a private screening. Crazy. I mean, why would yeah. he even do that if yeah. you were some punk kid that was kind of bothering him? But clearly, you know, you you had the chops of how to socially interact with somebody at that time at 14, I don't know. 15. I must have been asking the right questions. He must mm-hmm. have seen like, oh, this kid's yeah. interested in filmmaking. And yeah. I'll invite him to my movies. I mean, yeah. some of the movies that he was the DP on was Monty Walsh, Incubus, Looking for Mr. Goodbar, mm-hmm. Paint Your Wagon, the musical, mm-hmm. Day of the Dolphin, which I had seen, mm-hmm. The Freshman with Marlon Brando, mm. American Hot Wax, uh, 1941. Oh, um, yeah. Classic big movie. Um, yeah. Baby Boom. Wasn't 1941 Spielberg directed? Heaven Can Wait was another. Rosemary's oh, Baby he worked huge, on. Huge, huge. These are really big movies. Space Camp, War Games. I mean, he did a ton. And the movie he directed was called The Legend of the Lone Ranger. That's the movie uh, that I went, okay. which was a box office flop. But right. I went to the screening, the private yeah. screening of that. Yeah. 1981. And when out. you were done, your mom was waiting for you in the car to pick you up. Yes, I think so. <laughs> okay, good. I think so. Yeah, I don't think I, I wasn't driving. I'm sure I was not driving myself to go through this. Anyway. Hey, hey Bill, um, my mom dropped me off, but she can't come get me. Can you drop me off at home after well, the screening? I, I remember my mom <laughs> dropping me off and she, but she was like, why this are you doing this? Crazy. Yeah. Like how? <laughs> Why are you being invited to this? She's like, right? are you sure this is real? Wait, she thought it was nefarious, like something that kind yeah, of. Be, yeah, she was like, "Is this some scam? Like, is this, this is... real? Like, how did you get invited to a <laughs> private screening?" And pr- by private, I mean there were probably fifty or sixty people there. You know, it was yeah. crew, and you know, it wasn't it wasn't just Bill Fraker and me watching his movie. It right. was you know maybe maybe even a hundred people, but it was for the industry before right. it came out in the theater yeah but this is still your mom she's gonna have concern she's gonna yeah, think exactly. this is that she's gonna be kidnapped Hollywood, he's gonna be sent scary. into this yeah he's gonna yeah. be in a white slavery ring after yes. this is what's gonna happen <laughs> totally <laughs> but yeah but but for a, for your age you were a teenager yeah. she was probably a little perplexed she was thinking i don't understand why he's going to this why did yeah. they invite him yeah. This is my son. He's still in high school. You know, yeah. what, what, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Um, but still uh, very, very uh, exciting for you. I'm sure you must. Yeah, it was Sharky's yeah. machine. Do you remember that's, what you wore? That's the way what back it, machine. It is. Just went what, in the way back. I don't know. Way, way, way back. Did you remember what you wore to that screening? Did you wear like a nice little little suit I, or something? I, I, yeah, I might have worn my church outfit. I don't know what I wore. <laughs> I have no idea. Robbie in his Sunday best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay, so this week's episode, yes, sir, is gravity. Ooh, gravity. <laughs> this is Jimmy Diggs' uh, storyline. We we had a couple interviews with Jimmy Diggs, who did, yeah. contributed lots of stories and had great sure behind the scenes stories about his experience with Star Trek, starting mm-hmm. with uh, being an intern on Next Generation. That's right, and, the writing staff. Yes. Yeah. And those interviews are awesome. Uh, yeah. f- uh, Patreon patrons, you know, you've got access to that. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're not signed up for Patreon, check it out. Stuff like that, like Jimmy Diggs, yeah. actors, behind the scenes people are all there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gravity's one of his. So yes, it is. Yes, it is. Fun. All right. So let's go watch Gravity. We'll be right back with our discussion recap of Gravity. everyone we are back from watching gravity yes we are by the way when i first started this episode yeah you know i I go i sit down get ready to make my notes and i and i go back to uh now i'm watching the show on paramount plus right 
is where I'm watching it, right? Mm -hmm. And I went back to try to put it on. And every time I hit Voyager, it kept starting Bride of Chaotica over <laughs> and over and over. So I just want everybody to know, even... Even my TV wants more Captain more Proton. More Captain Proton. There you go. It just kept starting Bride of Chaotica. <laughs> I kept hitting Gravity, but it kept start, it wanted more Captain I, Proton. I think, so. I think the universe is sending us a message right yes. now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Let's just jump right into it now. Uh, let's start with our poetry synopsis, my haiku for Gravity. Yes. Shuttle crash landing. Eat spiders, repel attacks. Probe used to transport. <laughs> nice. Thanks. You got a lot of information in there. I feel like you were an extra syllable or two. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Eat spiders, repel attacks. That's seven. Probe used to transport. That's five. Shuttle crash landing. That's five. Five seven five. I'm sticking with it, man. Oh yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, it you seemed like it. more because you got no. so much in there. I would never allow an extra syllable to go in there. Okay, here we go with our limerick for gravity. Tuvok, Tom, and Doc are stuck in slow motion with Nos. Back on Voyager for a moment, Harry gets to be the boss. Tuvok won't let himself feel. Only through a mind meld can he reveal that love is a line you sometimes can't cross. Oh, very creative. Bam. Like huh? Yeah, good bam. You know, the entire time, because her character's name is Nas, right? Yeah. And that's the name of a rapper. Do you know Nas, yes. the rapper, uh-huh. sang that song, If I Rule the World? This was like really big back in the 90s when we were filming, actually. Yeah. This is like one of the songs that I remember I would be dancing to at the nightclubs. So, uh, yeah, so you kept, you kept, I kept thinking rap. about that song Think, and that, that yes, you I thought Lori Petty's going to rap and break a out and rap. I kept thinking she, she was going to rap. Yes. <laughs> well, um, I thought I remembered that Alison Liddy Brown directed this. It is not no. Alison Liddy Brown. Harry Wendell. Who you did mention recently in one of the previous episodes we recorded. You had like guessed Terry, Terry Wendell. Yeah. yeah. I figured he came around this time, which mm. actually this is his very first episode. Okay. I looked him up. I feel like he directed a lot of our show after this. I think he directed around 10 or 11, 10 Voyager episodes. Okay. And I think he directed on Enterprise as well. This was his very first Star Trek. I didn't know that. And and he, I remember Terry came from visual effects. He, he directed like a visual effects supervisor. <laughs> like everything was... Mm composed and framed and my memory was that initially i didn't feel like terry was great with actors to be mm. honest okay but his shot making and stuff like that his plans for any visual effects components was really really good but obviously okay. he directed some good stuff and ended up coming back 10 times with us teleplay by nick sagan and brian fuller and story by jimmy diggs and brian fuller and nick sagan's so i thought it was really well written especially when you've got to deal with so when Tuvok and Paris and the doctor are down on this planet, time is moving at a very different pace, right? Mm-hmm. So much more time is passing on the planet than on Voyager. So yes. the whole story on the planet was like two or three months or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on Voyager, it was only two days, not even two days. Correct. So I think that's a hard getting back to the screenplay. That's a hard story to write, like to keep your times and 
Like it, it is, yeah. it's difficult. And it's a theme that we revisit again in an episode called blink of an eye, but you're right. It's not easy for the writers to write for this type of uh, predicament to digress for one second. I read a book years ago called it's a, it's like a academic textbook from college or something like psycho psychiatry courses or philosophy courses. Yeah. It was all about, it was called time and the art of living. Oh. And it was, basically a philosophical kind of perspective on time as time not being real that mm. time is that time is like all time is now and now is all time now is the future okay. and it yeah. really blew my mind I, I can't possibly describe this book in brief description but it blew my mind when I started reading about time and like how we yeah. look at time and and that time is just a perception and we sort of all agree on what time is but yet mm -hmm. time is very different for each of us yes how how fast you know our memories well, how clear our memories are how much we're attached to the future or mm -hmm. believe, have a vision for the future how much we're really in the present moment we're all kind of in and out of our own timelines in a weird mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. so yeah anyway makes me think of that that's an interesting book I'd like yeah. to take, take a look at that. But I remember just reading this book, blowing my And that's that's what this story feels like to me. Like okay. jumping back and forth between the ship's time and yeah. the time on the planet and the flashbacks to Tuvok's childhood. All of it is sort of right. time. Time is definitely a big part of the story to me. Right. And for, for me watching this, it just gave me thoughts of the Bermuda Triangle. Mm -hmm. uh, which again is an area where time is distorted. And again, yep. similar to the, like the gravity, well, the gravimetric shear uh, boats, planes, you name it have been lost in the Bermuda triangle because of some type of forces similar, not unlike what these uh, forces that we are dealing with yep. in this episode. So yeah. I just kept thinking Bermuda triangle, Bermuda triangle, this entire episode. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. okay. So our guest stars on this episode, um, the Vulcan master mm -hmm. uh, in the flashbacks for Tuvok, uh, that actor was Joseph Ruskin. Yes. And Joseph Ruskin was from originally from Haverhill, Massachusetts, um sad to say he passed away in 2013 oh yeah but he had an incredible career and as i like to do first job that i could find for joseph ruskin our mm. vulcan master was on the sitcom the honeymooners in 1955 <laughs> oh my goodness he was a wow. raccoon lodge participant or something it must have been like you know a shriners or a moose lodge <laughs> thing but he was in, oh in a scene on the honeymooners Gosh. 1955 he had a very full career and wow uh, joseph ruskin oh. did a, did a great job in the episode 1955 so yeah. the honeymooners was his sharky's machine yes oh. exactly <laughs> oh my gosh that's All right. We also we also have the young Tuvok played by yes. Leroy D. Brazil. And Leroy's first job ever was Voyager, was this episode. Ooh. This was his first job. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, well, good going for a, mm -hmm. I, it didn't seem like his first job. It seemed no. like he was a, a, a seasoned professional. He, he, he did a great. good job. But I do I do wonder, because usually when actors utilize a middle name such as yourself, it's because there already exists a Robert McNeil in yep. Screen Actors Guild. OK, so then the question is, with a name like Leroy Brazil, I would think that that's unique enough that there 
aren't any other Leroy Brazils out there. So it's interesting that he included his middle name there, the D. Yeah, or the middle, the middle initial. initial at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he just liked. Maybe yeah. that's the way he he you know. Yeah. I I know a lot of times for most of my life I've signed Robert D McNeil. You but have, you, yeah. Before I mean, before acting or anything. Wow. Was Robert D McNeil. Yeah, a familiar face to our show, Paul Eckstein. Mm. Uh, Paul Eckstein plays Yost, the um, I guess the superintendent. Super- yes, supervisor. Supervisor. <laughs> supervisor <laughs> Yost. Yes. Yes. Uh, his first job, I think we've said this before, his first job was Law and Order. But mm-hmm. uh, Paul Eckstein was mostly a writer in his career. He'd yeah. been an actor. He'd been done a lot of things. Yeah. Mostly, I think, in the last 10 years, decade or so, he's been a writer. And our last guest star, uh, last but not least, is Lori Petty. And <laughs> Lori Petty did a phenomenal job in this. She's uh, very well known to... Uh, the the fandom yeah as tank girl tank that's girl. one of her yes biggest you know everybody and i knew her from tank i had auditioned for tank girl actually i went in a couple times for that movie i did too oh yeah that oh, was around our generation Robbie, that was around yes our yes that's a cult favorite yeah her her breakthrough uh moment came in the film point break with keanu reeves yeah that's her breakthrough that was her kind of breakthrough what that now, can't be her first credit there's no way no, that man. was that that's... was when she really uh she's from chattanooga tennessee by the way okay and Which... she broke into acting in the 80s yeah. right around the time when i started acting right uh in fact i think Lori petty and i are the same age i think and she's but- from Tennessee, like she's from I was Chattanooga, also in Tennessee. Yeah. So, all right, okay. Now, here's the funny thing: her yeah. very first job ever was on the soap opera "All My Children." Oh, wow. in 1985. Wow, I thought you were going to say Sharky's Machine. I, she was a female punk, was what she's credited as with "All My Children." Wow, but that means. She was on "All My Children" just around the same time that I was, because I was on. All my children from 85 to, to 88. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. So we could have crossed. You paths, think she I, was on the, on the same soundstage as you were? Oh, it's, she definitely was. She was on the same sets. Yeah. But I don't remember working with her there. She did right. All My Children, her very first TV credit. Well, so, look at that. Look at all the similarities we have here. Lori mm. Petty. There you okay. go. That's our guest stars. Okay, let's just jump in with our recap here. We start off in the Vulcan Caves. We have young Tuvok, played by Leroy D. Brazil. Mm-hmm. We learn of the Kol Uchan. This is the cornerstone of Vulcan beliefs. Yep. And that translates as infinite diversity in infinite combinations. And I've mentioned this phrase, this Star Trek mm-hmm. phrase in the past, not knowing that it has its origin with the Vulcan people so Mm -hmm. now i know it's a vulcan thing well he's been battling with his emotions Mm -hmm. and he's been battling with logic he refuses to deny himself passion so this is why his seat at his school was revoked he's basically kicked out of school kicked out of school his father banished him from the house and he's and he has a really valid point he says if i was meant to deny feelings why was I born with them? Which mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. Where is the logic in that? And then, of course, 
the Vulcan teacher says, well, it's hidden for you to find or in plain sight for you to ignore. <laughs> and it's illogical to deny the existence of emotions, but you must learn to control them. So that's, that's, the, that's the key point there. I mean, you can, you can control them and you can accept that they're there. You can accept them and control them. That's what Vulcan Basically, he's like, he's kicked out of the house. He's kicked out of school. He's sent yeah. away to this reform school, right. this, this teacher. Right. And basically, this is the setup for you're going to have a bunch of lessons and learn yeah. how to deal with your emotions and your mm -hmm. passions and things. Yeah. Also, this cave set, I did notice when in one of the shots, you could see off the set, you could see over the rock wall. No. Yeah, you could see like the black curtains on the edge of the what? stage. I know. Seriously? I was like, yeah, no. Well, I was at looking what, at what the point because when he's when he's talking when, to when he's kind of looking at the altar where the yeah uh, yeah when he first walks in and the altar's yeah, there you can the see above it and you see the you black see above the rock curtain? you see the top of the set and you can see that it's not caves like we're not in a a cave how room. did the camera operator not see I that don't know. Robbie I don't know. it didn't Yikes. look good to me I Yikes. was looking because this whole set reminded me so much of sacred ground. It's, it's the same yeah. kind of dressing and yeah. the same sort of, you know, the candles and all mm -hmm. of that. So next we go to this planet exterior shot. So Lori Petty, we re we're going to learn it's Lori Petty, but this, this girl tank girls walking across yeah. the a masked figure. She's a masked sort of, figure, yeah. mm -hmm. but I was like, where is this? And so mm -hmm. I, I actually paused the thing and tried to look up where she rocks. Them. Right. Isn't it? I, it doesn't, that's what it said in one of the things I looked at. Yeah. But the other thing I found was that it was, uh, the call sheet said Palmdale. Palmdale, Palmdale is further than Vasquez Rocks. We rarely Ugh. shot there, but we did shoot out there sometimes. And what's funny is, as I watch this episode, I'm in it a lot. I'm yeah. at that location and everything. Yeah. I don't remember any of this. I don't remember <laughs> going to Palmdale. I remember Lori Petty being in an episode and I remember sort of some crash thing, but when I saw Palmdale and I was like, wait a minute, where did I went there? I could not remember any of it. Thing about Palmdale, oh. you know, we used to shoot a lot of Voyager, a lot of Star Trek filmed mm. out at Vasquez Rocks, which is up the Pear Blossom High or, or the Antelope Fort, Valley, Antelope uh, Valley 14. 14. Freeway, yeah. Yes. You go out the 14 for an hour and a half oh, or something, you get to gosh. Vasquez Rocks. And then sometimes we go further out to Palmdale or that yeah. area. And sometimes even further out to the dry lake beds, things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. But back in the 90s, Palmdale, now it's gentrified a lot. I actually drove through Palmdale not too mm. long ago. Yeah. And um, it's gentrified a lot. But back then, it was a place you went if you didn't want to be a part of civilization like you kind of <laughs> want to be left alone yeah. so a lot of people that didn't want to fit into you know like a more urban environment and oh, live out in, you know on some acreage out in the yeah. desert you go to palmdale all right let's well, move on so there we are on the planet in palmdale yes i had to stop watching <laughs> to go where are we it's palmdale yeah, yeah. there's uh our mysterious uh woman uh hunting what we realize she's hunting spiders right I love that she she has this sort of tripod or this this you know fork this giant fork mm -hmm. thing and she yeah. waits for the she sets up this little machine to draw it out and then when the when the spider comes out and that was a CG spider right. had to be that, CG yeah. spider mm -hmm. and then she stabs it and then when she pulls it up by her face that's, that's a rubber that's a rubber, that's a rubber spider yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but she hunts these giant spiders and then behind her 
she sees this vortex sort of open up yep. and a spaceship come through. And we realize we cut to her POV later and it's a, um, it's the shuttle. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a shuttle from Voyager. Right. So we cut to the inside of this crash shuttle. Um, and I, I said that it looks really dusty. Like it's been there for months already, yes. but it just came through the vortex. So That's I was right. like, that doesn't does make it... sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. It this seemed like it just happened. So I was a little confused, I got to be honest in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But she comes in, she's scavenging around and Paris enters. Yeah. And she points a weapon at Paris and he's got sort of his the top of his uniform off. He's got sort of an open shirt, I guess. I I have questions <laughs> about the layers here. I yes. have questions about how many change of clothes did people bring? How I many know. layers is Look at all a, the layers. There's a tank top. There's yeah. a t-shirt. No, a... that's not. That's everyone. Just so you know, that's not how that really looked for us. We had mm-hmm. a one-piece jumpsuit, one piece, not two pieces. Like mm-hmm. later, you see Tuvok in two pieces. Yeah. Um, we had one undershirt underneath it. It did not open the way Tuvok's undershirt. We had like a mm-hmm. zipper opening. No. And, and then on top of that. Tuvok has another tank top underneath tank top. that. It's but just so like Paris at one point, yes, and then all Paris of a sudden he's got too. a t-shirt on. Where did yeah, he get I was a like, where from? are all these you know layers of clothing coming from? This is not yeah. even close to how it really was for us. No. But anyway, he, Paris comes in, she points a weapon at him, he tries to say, you know, talk to her, mm-hmm. and she's speaking in gibberish. Yeah. And the universal translator is is off. <laughs> I made a note, Paris is always making jokes, like yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, she she gestures for his stuff he gives her the stuff and she leaves and he's like first day in town and i've already been mugged he like he can't miss <laughs> can't an opportunity for he's like got a sarcasm yeah. or something so right. I but, the, that was... but the funnier thing is you're saying that to nobody except no, for yourself hey, there's no one himself. even there just talking to yourself so my other question to you is have you ever been mugged in real life i have been <gasps> I was mugged in New York City in 1982 in a phone booth. And for those millennials that don't know what a phone booth is, that's when before cell phones, you used to have to put a dime or a quarter in a machine yes. that had glass around it. So I had gone into this phone booth <laughs> yeah. and had, was making a call and I had no money. I was a poor, new, you know, fresh to New York. And all of a sudden I get surrounded by a group of maybe five or six guys yes tough guys ruffians ruffians and they surround the phone booth so that no one can see me inside i can't see anybody outside interesting and i'm on the phone and they said hey uh you got any money or something they asked like asking yeah and i ignored them right and they said uh hey don't ignore me and one of them punched me just like cold cocked me and I and I kind of fell down. Oh my god! Because I was so surprised. Yeah. And I'm down on on the the ground inside yeah. this tiny phone booth. Oh my goodness! And um, and they made some more threats. I pulled my wallet out and I showed them. I didn't have credit cards. I didn't have anything. Why didn't you just keep the door closed? There was the, no so door. Could... It had been ripped oh, off. Oh, it was. So already... It was a three sided phone booth. Oh, the door had been ripped opening. off probably yeah. long ago. Yeah. And so I was stuck. They had trapped me. I can't yeah. get out. I can't yeah. go anywhere. And yeah. now they've cold cocked me. I'm down on the ground. And I pull out my wallet, which had nothing in it. Right. And uh, and they go through my wallet and they throw it back at me with the, you know, whatever, yeah. my driver's license or whatever yeah. was there. And I, and I pull out change. I had like 
two subway tokens and some change in my pocket. Oh my God. I had no dollar bills even. Oh no. And I was like, here, take here, this. Take and, that. Yeah. and they left. You're lucky that they didn't do anything else beyond yeah. that because you did, they didn't get anything. But it sounds like this is something that they pulled before. Like this was a planned attack. They've done it before to other well, people. It seems in that strategic, same... right? Yes. You, you have enough people to surround the booth right. so that no one else knows. Yeah. They just think it's a bunch of guys hanging around a phone call. Their buddies probably making yeah. a phone call. They don't yeah. see that the person inside is being mugged. So, yes, I yeah. was mugged. You should have said when they said, give us your money, you, sh you should have said, you're 13 years too early. Wait till I get on Voyager. Then I'll have money is what you should have said. But you didn't. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. That was my mugging story. That's yes. crazy. Wow. Yes. And that's the only time, right? That's the only you. time. Okay. And yeah, me. Have you been mugged? Yes. We talked about this in Atlanta. Uh, at the, at oh, the um, yeah, yeah. remember that at when the, you were a kid. At the arcade yeah, yeah. when I was a kid, I was mugged in probably 1979 or in Atlanta. Wow! <laughs> so you were there, right? You yes, were there I at was, the time. 1979. You should have helped me, Robbie. You should have helped me. I know. Okay, it's I fine. Know. All right. Now we're in the exterior barren surface, and yes. now we see that Nas is being followed by somebody else, mm -hmm. another alien. Uh, one alien's behind her, and as she's kind of looking around, she senses something. She turns around, and another alien appears right in front of her. She's being jumped by two aliens. Mm -hmm. uh, she kind of takes out one, but the other one knocks her down, and it's about to deliver the death blow when she is saved by her gallant knight, Tuvok, with his superior fighting skills. I mean, I've mm -hmm. never seen Tuvok fight that well. That was a good now. fight. Really, yeah, really good. I, I really made good a note. A really good fight. Tuvok's yeah. the hero here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He uh, he has a bunch of good moves. It was shot very well. Again, right. Terry Wendell, for, from a visual effects standpoint, he's going to know how to break down a fight sequence and right. shoot it in a way that that feels dynamic. And it really yeah. did. It felt like yeah. a great hand to held hand held fight sequence. Yes, and we have a little bit of uh, Tuvok humor when he says, "We'll go to my vessel," and then he looks around. He looks the, around, all sees the equipment, she, and he goes like this. Yeah, <laughs> the stuff she took, and he's like, "I see you've already been I there. See you've yeah. already been there." Yeah, yeah. And Tuvok's now wearing that little jacket, which is incorrect. We don't no, have jackets no like that. No, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I, I kept making notes throughout, like every single scene, Tuvok gets less and less clothing. Like he just he has the jacket in the one, everything underneath, and also the jacket's yeah. gone. Then he has the two piece. Then he loses the two piece. Only has the same tank with Paris. They both yeah, kept they changing. Both get, it was yeah, a they, weird. They both get closer and closer to being continuity uh, thing. Nudist, basically. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, we go back to the shuttle. Paris is there. Uh, Paris has a new outfit on now. Well, no, <laughs> does he? No, I guess it's the same one so far. He's got the tank top, open shirt. Yeah. But his sleeves are rolled up. And I yep. made a note like, when your sleeves are rolled up, that means you're working hard. So Paris <laughs> must be working very hard with his sleeves rolled up. He's trying to give a mayday to Voyager. And yeah. then Tuvok and Nas enter. Mm -hmm. And I made a note here. They enter and then. She's been injured in that fight mm -hmm. a little bit. And he goes over without being able to speak words. He goes over and lowers her veil. And he's a little hesitant at, at first. Yeah. But I thought that's like, really what? presumptuous. It's like, very personal too. It's sort of like, why are you doing that? That's yeah. like culturally, maybe that veil is mm -hmm. important. Maybe. You know, and maybe. To, to put pressure on I, or to yeah. force her to lower the veil without being able to communicate and get permission, I thought was really inappropriate. Yeah, Parashir said, great, Tuvok. Now you got to marry her. You know, it's like, yeah. this, is what, this yeah. is what it means when you remove the veil. So, yeah, who you knows? Know, who knows just, what the, yeah, yeah, he just took it all. He just took it away. 
Uh, and we right. figure out that that communications that you've been trying to send are mm -hmm. not working because they're bouncing back because of the distortion field. They the can't even the distortion field is bouncing out. back all yeah. the May days. Mm -hmm. um, Paris says that we got stuck in some kind of gravity well, right? And that this planet is part of a solar system that's mm -hmm. stuck in a pocket of subspace. Subspace, exactly. He's got Doc's uh, mobile emitter, so we know the doctor was there, but right. if the mobile emitter is broken, it's going to need some repair. Mm -hmm. And suddenly they um, they get uh, an alarm that some lizards are approaching. <laughs> is right? that what you're calling them? I'm going to call them the lizards. <laughs> okay, fine. the lizard guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, Nas is the one that kind of uh, kind of alerts them to the hostile mm -hmm. aliens, the hostile lizards approaching. Uh, they're the same species that attacked her earlier, so they all decide to just gather their things and leave. So they yeah. do run to her shelter she's speaking in gibberish and mm -hmm. i made a note here i was like i wonder if at this point she was just making this up or if there were actual yeah. see that's that's a good question yeah i don't know I later don't know. on she does talk to the doctor back and forth mm -hmm. in her language and so they must have had they, some they agreed must, upon something must have been scripted written. yeah I but don't in this it, section she could have been saying anything she like, could have said anything you're yeah. right well if you notice when they do make their way to her downed vessel yeah it looks more like a building than a it ship does. to me. I'm like, oh, it's a greenhouse. I was like, oh, it's got solar panels. No, it's well, a ship. I think here's what else I discovered in my yeah. research. Yeah. So her ship, they created the set first, the interior set. Oh. And to save money, they recycled some other sets that were like, you know, alien rooms or different. Oh, and so I, I didn't know that. Okay. So they probably designed the outside of the ship to match whatever set pieces they had for an inside. Ah. So that's why it kind of looked like a cargo ship or yeah. a, you know what I mean? It looked, yeah. it looked like a building. It looks kind of square. Did. And yeah, it they didn't fit, look very ship-like. No, they saying. fit the set pieces into it. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, I think Paris said to Tuvok at one point, he said, you know, we, I told you we should have brought the Delta flyer. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> if we had brought the Delta flyer, they could have gotten out of there. They wouldn't have even been stuck in this gravity. Yeah, well. It's possible. It's very possible. Anyway, so yes, they, they go inside her crash ship and Paris walks in, takes three steps and he looks around and goes, doesn't look like this bird's going to fly either. How the hell does he know so quickly? Like, first because of all, he has a sixth sense. Paris has a sixth sense. I guess. Doesn't yes. look like this bird's going to fly either. Right. I can interpret for all of you listeners. That's <laughs> pilot talk. For the ship is broken. Okay, um, there's minimal power. Uh, there's there is life support, but but and also there's a force field. The force yeah, field. Tuvok says up. there's a force field that she's mm -hmm. got. Uh, that is the one thing that's working here, and that's how she probably has survived for Correct. so long. Correct. Um, Paris is working on the mobile emitter, mm -hmm. which who knew that he could be like yeah. an engineer like that? But he. I he have to say, somehow. yeah, Tom has his fair share of techno babble in this episode. I yes, was like, he does. "Wow, look at that, Tommy boy!" I think it was in the in the shuttle, the crash mm -hmm. shuttle scene mm -hmm. earlier, where yeah. I noticed myself sort of hesitating because I think I was trying to remember, to remember the, the, the techno babble. You know, <laughs> yes. you get in the middle of a long run and you're like, oh. "Wait, what? Am what I is saying? it? Yes, what am I saying? Oh, but my I, yeah, goodness. I feel like yeah. I did generally pretty good with that. You did, not, you did. It's not my strength. It wasn't noticeable. The the pause. It wasn't. It was noticeable. a little pause, and I was like, yeah. "Did I forget my line?" But I was super happy to, to see this because then I knew that finally you get to be tortured like I was the entire yes. show. So yes. there you go. So the doctor does get fixed. Uh, Paris yeah. fixes his mobile emitter, mm -hmm. and he appears, and we learn that he can speak her language. He's mm -hmm. got her language somehow, or language translators built into his program right 
speaks her language, tells us that she's been here for 14 seasons. Is and that, that years then, you think? It or, depends on how many uh, seasons wait a minute, this how many planet seasons has. If they have looks... two seasons, then she's been here seven years. If, yeah. they have, if they have seven seasons, then she's been here two years. I don't right. know how many We don't seasons. know. We don't know the number of seasons. Yeah. But it's a long time. Yeah. And she says to the doctor that she's seen lots of ships come through that vortex. but And none. crash. Yeah. And crash. <laughs> a lot have come down, but none have gone back up, is right. what she says. Not very promising. No. Uh, we go out to the surface for a little spider hunting scene with Paris and Nas. I thought it was really funny. Um, he says, you know, <laughs> these spiders give him the creeps. He's very sensitive yeah. to spiders. I, I don't understand why Paris has zero hand-eye coordination. It's like, what? <laughs> that spider is huge. Can you not target a spider that's right they in freak front him of you? Out. <laughs> they freak him out. At one point, he comes over to say, I can't do this. They give yeah. me the creeps. And she's yeah. like, I'll do it. Yeah. And she walks she away and leaves him for a second. And he's, and I was like, <laughs> I like the little, oh, okay. There was a little, little attitude there that made. Yeah. Me, uh, yeah. Good mm-hmm. comedy. In this. Very subtle, subtle comedy yeah. there. We go back to her ship again, mm-hmm. to Naz's ship. And the doctor's worried about, he's very upset with Tuvok that they may have to shut down his program. Tuvok yeah. says, we may have to do that because we're running low on power. And yeah. You could, you're. Your mobile emitter could be an energy source. Yeah. I love his line. He says, I am a doctor, not a battery. Yes. <laughs> always, always good. And uh, then, and then yet again, that same theme where the doctor is mean to Tom Paris. He says, well, yes. maybe we should take Mr. Paris offline because of his poor hunting skills. I was like, what? Another jab at Tom Paris by the doctor. Well, it was written. It yes. was written that way. Yeah. The writers seem to think that that was very clever. Yeah, they I've like said that. this recently to Rebecca. We've been watching uh, yeah. the show Married at First Sight, which are all these couples that are set up and they have to yes. get married. Yes. The, they I've meet seen each the other. Show. I've seen the yeah. show. Mm. And there's one couple in particular where the husband in that is just sarcastic all the time. And I mm. just don't like him. Yeah. And in the middle of watching this episode, this Voyager episode, Rebecca, yeah. I paused it and Rebecca goes, oh. So Tom Paris is sarcastic all the time. Hmm. <laughs> kind of like that guy on the show that you hate. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. That's funny. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Tuvok is wearing less and less clothing in this scene, mm-hmm. too. His shirt is opened with another tank top underneath. They're cooking some uh, spiders. At this they're point, cooking right? spiders. Yeah. And that, cooking it's some little... spiders for dinner. She's learning English, by the way. She's yeah, starting I, to speak English. Well, I wrote down, Nas is a genius. She has learned English in one day. <laughs> Exactly. She, she knows uh, because because you know Tuvok says to her, "Why is any of this relevant?" And I'm thinking, "Why are you using a two dollar college word like relevant yeah. with someone who just learned English?" But yeah. clearly, she even knows what relevant means. So well, she's, I was like, she's asking impressed. him, "Like, I want tell me about yourself. I want to know what you like, what you, yeah. what foods you like, yeah, you know, yeah. what you do, where you're yeah. from." She wants yeah. to learn all about him, right? Very flirty. Very flirty. I love yes. that Tuvok has a love story, by the way. I really, I, I, I really enjoyed this one. It, it's a nice change to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's another time cut, a dissolve. So I think I noticed a lot of dissolves between yes. one scene to the next. Correct. And we don't normally use dissolves. Nope. In fact, personally, I hate dissolves. They're, they're, they're a visual cue that time is passing, right? So yeah. I think that's why they used a lot of dissolves in this episode, just to, mm-hmm. to say, 
that uh, Tuvok and Paris and Nas, the doctor, they were stuck here for months. Right. Telling time is passing. Yeah. We see Paris talking about Bolana and yeah. uh, how he feels, how sad he is to feel like they may never get back. Right. There's a nice moment when, uh, when she's like, you, you must love her very, very much. And there was a nice, like quiet pause moment that I just thought was really nice to mm. let those, those quiet moments play and not yeah. have to talk, talk, talk and fast, mm-hmm. fast, fast. She asks uh, if he wants some more spiders. And he goes, oh, no, I'm full. Three's my limit. Three spiders those, are my limit. What do those cooked spiders look like to you? It looked like... Um, like looked like jello, kind of a weird kind of mm, opaque jello. Yeah. I don't know. It was I don't know just, what it was that we were eating or if we even ate any of it. I have yeah, no idea. I don't think you guys munched into any of that stuff but it yeah. was uh it was very interesting we have a little bit more of a time cut again mm-hmm. we're still inside the vessel paris is now telling tuvok that nas likes him and tuvok says he has a wife and then paris starts giving this whole argument about almost identical to the argument that he gave harry on the bridge that one time when he said we've got to go hang out paris, with the Delaney sisters don't you got- listen to paris's <laughs> relationship advice is my takeaway horrible advice he is married why is paris saying forget about your marriage paris is mr keep your options open i mean everybody he comes across keep your options open you might as well you know you're live for now uh what is what's uh what is it um uh what is that yolo yeah you're a yolo guy you you are so so. yolo it's unbelievable you only live once you might as well hook up with whoever shows you interest right now really bad advice well he gives this bad advice like, hey, we're not going to get out of here. So forget about, you know, your yeah. wife would want you to be happy. Right. You're somebody that can make you happy. Just yeah. be happy. Yeah. I think it's horrible advice. He should have been much more respectful. Yeah. So we we have another dissolve. And later mm-hmm. on, we see Paris talking to Tuvok again. Yeah. And he does apologize now. He says, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> he sorry. He apologizes, I... but then he still continues his argument. He goes I like, know. hey, this is your home now. You might as well accept it. Trying to find as much happiness as you can. Yeah, I think he apologized. My takeaway was he's apologizing for being so blunt and insensitive, but he's also saying the reason that I was giving you that blunt advice. Let me elaborate on why. Yeah, because I I do think we're going to be stuck here and you have a chance to make a decent life for yourself and we're not going to get out of here. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. I like your line. I see the way you look at her and he says, what way is that? And you say, like someone who wishes he wasn't Vulcan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Tom Paris, you're like the little devil on people's shoulders is what you are. You're sitting there yes. telling everyone that they need to go down the path of- It's not know, good. No. It's not good. Don't take advice from Paris. <laughs> um, we go into, uh, yeah, for off of that line that you just quoted, yes. I've seen the way you look at her, like someone who wishes he wasn't Vulcan. Yes. We go into another flashback. Yes, yes, yes. And young Tuvok is still very angry and upset. And he says, I'm sorry, I was born Vulcan. He even says that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, that was a nice sort of um, uh, segue into this mm-hmm. scene, into this flashback. And he's dealing with self-pity. Yeah, and he says he says use uh, you have eyes to see behind you, and he's like, what? Another riddle? You keep talking in riddles. Yes, and he's like, yes. your memory are the eyes to see behind you. What? Why did you lose control? So he's basically saying, look back, reflect on how did you get here. Yeah, can I so, read? I actually wrote that down. It's a really yeah. great quote. He he says, you see only what is in front of you. You must learn to see what is behind you. Mm-hmm. Young Tuvok says, another riddle. I have no eyes to see behind me. And then, really cool line. 
the Vulcan teacher says, you have the eyes of memory, the knowledge of why you are here and why you have lost control, uh, which is super cool. I love that. Yeah. I love the writing there. He asked Tuvok to tell him his story. And he says, well, her name is Jara. Her father's mm -hmm. a Torellian diplomat and that he loves her. And she has not returned his feelings, though. Um, and then he talks about, the teacher talks about Sunha Lok, which is love, is the most dangerous emotion of all. Mm -hmm. It produces many other emotions, jealousy, shame, rage, grief. You must learn to suppress them all. Otherwise, they will consume you. So really, you know, really cool dialogue here and, and, and uh, an understanding of what Tuvok was going through as a youth. Yeah. And I, I love the performances by both these actors and the fact that, um, you know, that, well, Joseph Ruskin, who's a veteran from the Honeymooners days, yeah, yeah. not surprised he was phenomenal, but uh, Leroy, I thought was wonderful. Yeah. Really, really uh, great performances and, mm -hmm. and was a great casting choice for Tim Russ. You know, I, I yeah. felt like he looked, I, sometimes when you cast a younger yep. person to play a series regular or something, mm -hmm. you just don't believe that it looks anything like right. them. But I did feel like that didn't, you know, get in the way for me. I felt like yeah. I could totally see this kid, Leroy, being Tim Ross in the yeah, future. No, definitely. Totally could. I agree. Yeah. I agree. We're on the bridge, I think, right now. Uh, think they can't so. fight a shuttle. So we're... Uh, you know, Janeway's just, everyone's wondering what, what happened to the shuttle. And then we start to experience a gravimetric shear. Harry says, we've been caught in some kind of subspace sinkhole. It's pulling mm -hmm. us in. We cannot go to warp. Impulse engines, no matter how much power you throw to the impulse engines, that won't work either. Bolana says, we've got to find a way to counter this gravitational pull. Janeway quickly orders Janeway. Bolana. Yes, Janeway. Yeah, Janeway. <laughs> She's like, okay, gravimetric shear, sinkhole, uh, yeah. uh, subspace. <laughs> Yeah, I got She's this. Like, yeah, she, She's she like quickly <laughs> vent three vent, million isodines, yes. yeah, of plasma. Like she knows the she knows exact amount the math. that yeah, she's already done the math yeah. in her head. Three million isodines of plasma from the nacelles, not plasma, mm -hmm. but plasma. We need that plasma, and then orders Chakotay quickly reverse the shield polarity, and that does the trick. Those two what? orders, yeah. So she's she's a gene. She's a math she's a genius. genius. Mm -hmm. She really is clearly. Um, but she says when once they escape the uh, the pull of this vortex, yeah. She's, she's, uh, I think her last line is something like, well, now we know. Now we know now what I, happened to that show. Yeah. 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 So we go to Astrometrics. Right. And they are analyzing this vortex. Seven Torres, Janeway and Chakotay. Yes. Yeah. And we learn that the uh, anomaly is 600 meters in diameter mm -hmm. and it's out of phase with normal space. That's, That's why right. they didn't even see it. Yeah. It barely registers on their, on their, um, sensors, their scans and sensors. Yeah. yeah. So um, then Chukote says, well, I guess it's time to break out the multispatial probe. <laughs> what? I was like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. That multispatial probe we always talk about. <laughs> Never. A multispatial probe. Why didn't, if we had a multispatial probe, we could have been using this for all kinds of things. Yes. I think like, I don't know. It just seemed really convenient uh, yeah it was very convenient we suddenly have a multi-spatial probe <laughs> something new but um, we also learn in astrometrics that within the distortion within the gravimetric well there are mm -hmm. three planets and a type g sun so this mm -hmm. it's there's a whole ecosystem system, happening in yeah. this subspace yes mm -hmm. uh so while we're talking about the multi-spatial probe there's a jolt we know that a vessel's approaching. We hear Harry call. Yeah. 
Harry calls Captain to the bridge that we've been engaged in a tractor beam. And now on the bridge, we see Harry is acting Harry captain. Harry is acting wow. captain, standing up, yes. looking cool. Looking cool, requesting yeah, the alien not, to disengage a tractor beam. So. Not the only time he's a uh, captain in this episode, no, by the way. No, no. Multiple right. captain yeah. assignments. Yeah. Yes. And I, I introduced, introduced him to Janeway yeah. as Mr. Yost, which he Captain, quickly, this is Mr. Yost. Yeah. And he's like, no, supervisor, supervisor Yost. Yost renovation team nova i'm like okay mm-hmm. buddy we don't even know the name of this alien species do we or Lori petty is species so. we don't we never get no i don't think we so. never even hear their names yeah mm-hmm. he gives them a warning he says until tomorrow i suggest you stay two million kilometers from this distortion because the rift will be closed by then we will close it we've lost 11 ships to this distortion over the last year and uh, we're, we're just going to stop this from ever happening again, yeah. which means if it's closed, we will lose Paris and Tuvok yeah. and the doctor. So it basically Janeway, says this time tomorrow, yeah, this it's, thing's going to be, be closed. And Janeway and the crew obviously are now, uh, they have to expedite their, their efforts mm-hmm. uh, and get right to work. We jump to the ready room, yeah. Janeway's ready room. Chakotay enters. The probe has sent back telemetry this multi-spatial probe this this ants this panacea for all our problems yes Yes. (laughs) we've never heard about before we've never used before i actually maybe we might have like it does sound a little familiar we might have used it in another episode somebody will correct us if we did someone will um astronomical data has covered a three-month period which is very confusing uh and Chicote says because there's a temporal differential for every hour of time on Voyager. This could be weeks or months for Paris and Tuvok. And Notice he the, says for Paris and Tuvok. He doesn't mention the doctor. There, no, he doesn't. Which is doesn't. kind of weird. That I was like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, he's down there, weird. and they know he's down there. Yeah. He is. Anyway. But they didn't mention him. Um, nope. But the bad news. That's not the bad news. The bad news is that the sinkhole is on a verge of collapsing Mm -hmm. and when it does everything inside will be crushed like a tin can so Mm -hmm. not only will the doctor's mobile emitter be crushed but so will tom and tuvok not good not good news at all no we have a planet shot here and then uh we go inside the ship paris nazis nazis ship inside nazis ship yep Mm -hmm. and uh paris carries Tuvok inside. Tuvok is injured. Injured Tuvok. Yeah, we don't see that very often. Which Uh, I'm a little shocked because, you know, how well he did against them earlier. And it's like, why is he the injured one right now? So clearly, Tom must have done some martial arts too. Yeah, maybe he was protecting Tom. He was protecting Tom. (laughs) Yeah. He sacrificed himself. Yeah. Yeah. So he says they were ambushed. Uh, he brings the doctor back online mm-hmm. and uh, the doctor's um, analyzing Tuvok's injuries. Mm-hmm. And we see that Nas is really worried. She says, um, you know, will he live? And I think the doctor asks how long he's been offline. By yeah, the way, he does. When, yeah. When's the last you know, time? You- <laughs> when, yeah. He goes, how long have I been offline? He goes, two months, two months. <laughs> two months. <laughs> and then he goes back to work and, he, and then the doctor says, so what's new? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Very funny. I don't uh, know. Eating spiders, repelling yeah. attacks. Yeah, that's about yeah. it. Yeah. But Paris okay. says that uh, you know, he thinks if Voyager was looking for them, that they're long gone. Right. That that and... we're 300 light years closer to Alpha Quadrant, the yeah. home that we've left you, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. 
we have a time lapse and now another dissolve yeah another dissolve and Nas is now taking care of Tuvok mm-hmm. and in that moment of intimacy she goes in, to she kiss goes in him. for the kiss yes and he's like no don't he's don't yeah don't. and he doesn't want to he doesn't want to cross that line right and she right. says look i'm only showing you how i feel which is this extreme closeness to him and and affection for him and feelings and, are and scary feelings are scary yes and she, and he says look i appreciate you i respect you but nothing more mm-hmm. and she's like nothing He's like, nothing. This hits her hard. And she cries. I She's know. upset. I was so sad for Then Nas. she yells. She's like, logic. She goes, I hate logic. Yes. Then he insults Tuvok in her native tongue. Yeah, she calls. And then you hear her talking the gibberish. Yes. <laughs> and he says something like, you know, you don't need to call me names. Yes. It's very funny. Uh, I think she called him in her language, a dirty logic purveyor is what she said. Oh, that's Something what along those to. lines. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> We're now in the briefing room. Yes, we are. All right. And Seven says that we can use the multi-spatial probe as a transporter relay. This thing yes. truly is a panacea for all of our uh, uh, oh, problems, isn't it? Your it's multi-spatial probe can give you data. It can also, yes. you can use it as a comm signal, she says, and yeah. a transporter relay. So it's kind of a, it's like a Swiss army knife of technology it is the swiss army knife of technology yeah perfect 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 description yeah i wish we had had this multi-spatial probe swiss army knife for the last five seasons yeah because we could use it for every encounter pretty much every alien species we just send the multi-spatial probe out yeah and it solves it all yeah pretty much right okay yeah janeway does ask if we can send a comm signal using the same relay which again it does everything. The Swiss Army knife. Bolana says, "Yeah, we we can send a message through the multispatial probe." So she, Janeway says, "Go ahead. Let them know that help is on the way." Harry then hails Janeway to the bridge again, mm-hmm. and we go to the bridge, and Harry's in charge again. He's the captain. What? What? Yes. Yeah. Once again, so happy to be captain for a yes, uh, the supervisor or the what is he? The supervisor? Supervisor no. Yost. Yeah. 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 Supervisor Yost says uh, they're going to do this thing. And Jamie's like, no, I need two hours. He says, nope, we're doing this now. Yeah, they're and starting ahead of schedule, actually. They're starting so, ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. And she says, well, how long do we have? He says, 30 minutes. Big half hour. Not this much is where time. the time thing comes into play for me in a cool way. Because like yeah. to them, they got 30 minutes. But down right. on the planet, you got, <laughs> it's you like, got another month. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. It's so crazy to There's think no that. no rush way. for down nah, on the planet. Yeah, fine. We go down to the planet exterior from here, and there's a cool shot of Tuvok sitting up on this rock ledge. Yes. Super thing cool. Is, that rock is very precariously situated in that that, that outcropping is amazing. Yeah. That the, you get that the location. It almost looks like a that. set that we built. It does. Or it was like, not. is that a set? No. no. It's the real deal. He's it meditating. It looks really cool. He's yeah. meditating. Paris comes up. He's wound up. He's pissed off. And he says, what did you say to her? She's really upset because the last yeah. time we saw her calling him names and crying, right. she was upset. And and Paris says, you know what? It's She said it's too painful for her to be around you, Tuvok. She's going to leave. She's talking about leaving. Yes. And Tuvok's response is, Nos is under the influence of unfettered emotion. <laughs> and Paris says to Tuvok. What? To, <laughs> you, that you may have the ability to fetter your emotion. You, Maybe you can fetter your emotions, but not everyone can fetter. I just love it. It's like, 
making a joke out of fetter oh yeah definitely um, and he talks about he says that there's no easy way to recover from infatuation and he tells mm-hmm. about his infatuation as a young man with jara the young lady that yes. forced him to get kicked out of school and when he was in love he said i felt like a version of insanity i had yeah. my feelings were so strong it felt like insanity and paris mm-hmm. says everybody feels a little insane when they fall in love yeah it's a nice scene i think uh you know it starts off as a really heated scene between paris and tuvok turns into this nice you know authentic kind of intimate sharing mm-hmm. authentic sharing scene yeah. and it was really nice yeah um, which was interrupted at the end by a visual effect of the gravimetric distortion happening in the distance there goes that there. vortex again yeah something's happening vortex there. is opening up mm-hmm. we cut out to space we see the alien vessel is firing shots at the vortex mm-hmm. to sort of just uh not disable it but uh what do you call it when you're trying to make it weaker um well they're uh, trying to collapse it or yeah yeah kind of destroy it d- d- yeah God, there's a word i'm trying to say when you kind of uh loosen up the fetter foundations uh, yeah <laughs> that's it fetter it they're trying to fetter the uh distortion yes. <laughs> clearly and uh it's going to be 29 minutes left and, and Janeway decides to send the message now yep. inside naz's ship the message is received but it's extremely extremely slow it's just yeah this is one of those moments like those mind-blown moments where i was like oh yeah if there can Mm -hmm. be a message Mm -hmm. from the the fast time or the slow time or whatever side you're on yeah from the other side it's going to be in slow motion so then they speed it up and they Mm -hmm. hear janeway tell them the plan and she tells them what's going on how they're going to rescue them and she mentions this time differential formula. <laughs> yeah. So I, I see Tuvok and Tuvok and Paris are like working out the math and, and everything. And I'm, I was like, I am not good at math. Like I never would have, if she had given this message of this time differential, I would have been, uh, give me a calculator. I don't know. No, Paris would have said, let's just hang out within two meters for a month let's not i don't want to do the math it's too hard (laughs) by the way then nas sees some aliens she hands tom the cool binoculars to look through and he looks out and we see a pov now in this pov through the binoculars yeah i looked at it for a second i'm like something's off there and i rewound and froze it what they had done instead of dressing up 20 lizard aliens Mm -hmm. they shot a plate shot so just a blank nobody out there on the rocks they shot that and then they went and shot the lizard guys they probably hired one or two lizard people to change clothes shot them on green screen and they put them in so when you see the pov through the binoculars you probably see you know anywhere from 10 to 20 lizard guys but there were probably one or two people actually just repeated over and over with the green screen shots. yeah and you know that there's only one or two people because later when you see them at the actual they're standing outside the force field there's only two you know the ones yeah. that are banging yeah. on the thing so that the same two guys yeah. are there it's probably uh, the same yeah i think it was probably the stunt guys that did the fight they just doubled up for all these other right aliens that we saw 
Right. And the aliens because are now it's trying expensive. to. It's yes. expensive to make the makeup and yes. dress costumes. Yes. And so the more you can, you know, limit the number of people that you're putting makeup on and dressing, yep. you and save cheat, a lot and, of money. And cheat it, basically. Yep. They're cheating it so that it looks like a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, clearly the aliens are trying to break through the force field. They're leaving these charges. And, and it's, you know, the, the force field is weakening. And, you know, we realize that there's two more days that they have to hold on before getting but by the out. way yes I, I have a question though so the lizards are all trying to get nas and mm-hmm. they keep they're they're desperate to break through the force field by the yeah. way these lizard guys are all going to be dead soon because they're right. their people gave up on them correct um why are they fighting why do they hate nas so much yeah it, may, it makes no sense it's sort like, of like you know what this is a pretty big planet just stay on your side we'll stay on our side you know why are you doing it this? makes yeah. no sense and no. especially when we meet the supervisor or whatever his name yeah, is exactly yost he yeah. seems like a decent and i mean exactly you know, he's this, doing this his doesn't job, seem like a like a race a that is is intent on being hostile right no. i mean it just but according to the but evidently clearly when you get you know shipwrecked Stuck, yes. on a planet you that species turns aggressive maybe that's what it is they can't stand it they've been there maybe maybe 10 years longer than they're she literally has, like knows. later on banging on the- <laughs> why do you care so much she's Um, she's not doing anything to hurt you as the force field is weakening nas says that she will go out to repair the shield generator uh tuvok says i will go with you she goes no no use you know wasting two people's lives in case something happens and she goes on her own she goes on her own we do see the the people standing there banging on a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which mm-hmm. was kind of funny. That scene to me was kind of funny watching them do that. Um, yeah. The shield generator finally gives gives a, uh, it loses its power, and mm-hmm. the sh- the force field c- comes down. The alien lizards come in and they attack Nas. Yeah, there's and two once, of them. Two one of them, them, yeah, one of them she shoots. Yeah, and then the other one before she can recover disables her phaser. One. Yeah, just yeah. Dis- yeah, tackles her basically. Yeah. We cut up on the bridge as she gets tackled. Balana says. Uh, is counting down 15 right. seconds now. Right. So time is really like, this is again where my mind was blown because we, yeah. we're going through minutes of scenes and then going back 15 more seconds, you know, only oh, yeah. only a few seconds have gone by. So yeah. it's, it was interesting. That's why time just for me was the was the star of this one. Oh, yeah. Um, we do see back down on the planet, um, Tuvok comes to rescue her. He again. shoots the guard. Yeah, again. he rescues her again. Yeah. Um, just as she's about to get stabbed, he shoots. And um, I did notice the color. It was very like yellowy, bright. Like the color was beautiful on this planet. Mm-hmm. And, Is that a filter? Is that a filter oh, just, on the camera? Yeah, that, exactly. I was going to yeah. write. It's probably a combination of a lens filter. Yeah. It gives it sort of this glowy, shimmery look. Yeah. And then color correction, whatever they do in uh, post-color timing. Yeah. Kind of like what you do with Instagram when you put a filter on or something. Yeah, I kind of felt like it reminded me of the filter that was used in the pilot episode when we were mm-hmm. on El Mirage dry lake bed. You know, it had yeah. those those colors were popping more than yeah. normal in nature. Yeah. So, okay. Now, <laughs> we jump back to the interior of Nas's ship and one of the aliens has made his way in there and is now attacking Paris. And yes. of course, guess who saves Paris? Tuvok. Tuvok. Tuvok is everyone's savior in this episode. He's and, he's back and he again. keeps saving people right before he, they get stabbed. That was the other thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like <laughs> Paris is wrestling. Paris is losing. He's about to get stabbed by that fork. Yes, and he, you and, know, a couple of 
every time Tuvok saves somebody, Tuvok really I, likes shooting people when they're about to stab you. I agree, but I also yeah. feel like the name of this episode, it could have been stab because you stab the have. spiders, you try to stab Tom Paris, you try to stab stabbing. Nas. Yes. yes. Stabbing Unlimited is the name yes. of this episode. Um, so you're saved. Now we have the scene in the transporter room where Harry beams them all back. Well, when they beam back, by the way, we see yes. them just before on Nas's ship. Yes. They're all facing this kind of center console. Right. So they're all faced inward facing in, in a yeah. triangle. Mm -hmm. And then when they beam into the transporter room, when we beamed in. You're not in the not triangle a, anymore. No. Not really. We're no. all sort of facing out. And it's, it's a bad not, match. But Nas is sort of leaning her head on Tuvok, Tuvok whatever, and Nas right? are, yeah, yeah, but they were facing in in the yes. previous shot. Yes. And Paris was facing in and the doctor Correct. was facing in. Correct. When we come on the transporter pad, yeah. everybody's sort of facing the transporter control station. Right. Not the so same orientation. No, it should have been exactly the same. That felt like a little... Yeah, little mess up. I like the little subtle non-verbal gestures from Harry when he's like, "What? Who? You know? Yeah, hey, welcome oh, yeah, back. Yeah, welcome Ooh. back. And who? And just the look on Harry's face, like, yep, whatever. I'm not going to get yeah. into this. Yeah, <laughs> see you guys. Yeah, I did my we, job. We have a Tuvok log here. Exterior shot of Voyager. Tuvok's mm -hmm. personal log. We know that we're bringing Nas back to her home world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I do want to say it's very important. It's, he does say we're en route to Nas's home world, and yep. then it says as he prepares to say goodbye that he finds himself experiencing a certain discomfort, which mm -hmm. I thought was very interesting because now that Vulcan calm feeling exterior, some yes, and, yes, he's feeling something. It's coming in. It's coming in. Mm -hmm. And now take us away in the corridors. Yeah, so we go to the hallway. Um, Tuvok's heading down the hallway. Paris catches up to him. And he Paris basically says that he felt, you know, he spent months uh, feeling like he would never see Bellana, that his heart was breaking and that he was so deeply upset over yeah. all of this time he spent yeah. um, grieving that. Yeah. And he goes to Balana, to her, it's not even two days. Right. So it's totally different feelings. So I just thought yeah. that was an interesting perspective. Yeah. And then Tom's got a line with Tuvok where he says, you know something, I've always thought beneath that cold Vulcan exterior lied an even colder Vulcan <laughs> interior. But now I'm convinced you're a hopeless romantic. Yeah. And I, lo I love that line. Yeah. And then when he yeah. says you're a hopeless romantic, Tuvok's response is, there's no need to insult me, Mr. Paris. Yeah. <laughs> he takes that. Uh, I love very that, that dialogue. Personally. It's great. It's yeah. great. Now they're in the transporter room mm -hmm. and Neelix is with Nas and he talks about having, he's got the recipes for the spiders now. So <laughs> I thought that mm -hmm. was funny. Paris and Tuvok arrive. Uh, Paris sort of grabs Neelix and the crewman that's supposed to beam her yeah, back. He says, says let's Neelix, go. let's yeah, step let's, out yeah. for a second. Crewman, yeah. this way. He, yeah, he knows Leaves he needs them to give alone. us a private time. Yeah. And I don't remember this scene at all, but that was amazing when Tuvok mind melded with her to show her how he felt. Yeah, and it just she says, "I was, I'm really sorry. This yeah. is very difficult. She wishes right. things were different." And he yeah. says, and so he do, stops her." Yeah, he says, "So do I." So do I. And then he yeah. stops her, and he puts his hand up, one yeah. hand up. Yeah. And I love that circle shot. Terry yes. Wendell gets yes. a gold star for this. Yeah, because as they're doing the mind meld, it kind of yeah. comes around. Yeah, and then she smiles. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, I understand. I understand. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. And there's almost a smile from Tuvok uh, here, which right. is crazy because you never see Tim Russ 
expressing, particularly smiling. No, Tuvok no. never smiled. No, for a split second, I thought he was going to kiss her before he mind melted her. I was like, oh, is he going to really kiss yeah, her? I, I thought it was going to be there, but it didn't. But yeah. it did bring a, a little tear to my eye. I got a little bit emotional when he did the. Uh, it was very sweet, very very. He says, very "Live touching. long and prosper." Yeah, Nas. yeah. Oh my goodness! Um, she beams down. We, and, she beams down, mm-hmm. and we go to Tuvok meditating. Uh, and guess where he's at? He's at Club Tuvok. Club Tuvok, mm-hmm. the purple. Wearing his the, Vulcan clothing, got the yeah. purple in the background, and he's meditating. He's yeah. back in Club Tuvok, and we go into a flashback. Tuvok's training as a young boy is done. Yeah, completed his training. And Grief, uh, anger, fear, and especially love will never threaten you again. Mm-hmm. He says, teacher. I am grateful, and yeah. walks out. And that's, that's it. That is the end of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. My quick lesson is... yes. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Mm. <laughs> and that's what I have for this episode. Because that's good. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of a Vulcan thing, but it is true. A lot of times people, um, anything that bad, anything bad that happens in life is sort of something that is precipitated by emotions running out of control. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, mm-hmm. crimes of passion, crimes yeah. of, you know, you name it. It's always your emotions that are that are yeah. spurring you on to do something. Emotions are very powerful. Yes, and can be yes. very destructive. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when you talk about, um, for instance, like a movie like Top Gun, and if you remember Val Kilmer's character, he was the ice man, you know, because, and you talk about people having ice in their veins because they don't let their emotions affect them. They're run in, them. Like, yeah. yeah, run them or, or control them or guide them in, in, in to make the wrong decision. You've got to stay in control and be like, you know, like ice, basically, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, so that's my lesson. I don't know if you have a, a lesson that you want to impart on us that you got. Uh, the lesson that I take away from this is time is not real. That's the lesson I got. Oh, okay. All right. Time, time is not real. <laughs> it's that. just we sort of make it up depending on where <laughs> you're at, what's happening. Yeah. If you're in a vortex or yeah. not. Yeah. If you eat too many spiders. Yeah. You know. No, I think uh, for me, time was the big, I don't know exactly how to articulate it, Okay, but time is sort of a, is, is a perception. All right. That was my takeaway is like, okay. I like that. Um, yeah. The time is, is a much bigger than we, than we experience mm-hmm. that we're aware of. Yeah. Sure. What about your rating on this one? Oh, uh, I'm going to give this episode. Yeah. A, I'm gonna say six point eight. I'm gonna go Ooh. lower on this one. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I. Yeah. Why? Why did you kind of go lower? I it don't didn't know. involve our whole I, it, crew very well. No. Yeah. No. And just, I just, like, honestly, ha- when the writers had Paris completely just trying to pull Tuvok out of this thing and say, look, keep your options open. And they kept doing that. I, I felt like it was so one noted, you know, I was like, eh, it's a little too mm. one note for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like there should be more layers for Paris. Why are they making Paris beat, beat this dead horse? You know, mm-hmm. he's still, he, so some of the, some of the dialogue, some of just how it was constructed, it, it didn't make me feel like okay. oh, this is one of my favorite episodes. So yeah. I'm dropping okay. it a little bit lower. It's better than average though. Average is five, right? So it's, it's above average. So. Yeah. I think this was, I, I enjoyed this episode, mm-hmm. especially the fact that we got to, learn more about Tuvok's yes youth and about who he was he was yes. a bit of a rebellious youth yes you know? he was 
Which we had he, no clue about beforehand. Yeah, right? no. Yeah. I love the backstory there. I right. did think Lori Petty was really fun to watch and really interesting. I'm right. going to give it a 7.4. Oh, wow. 7.4. Okay. I don't okay. know how I got the 0. 0.4. Yeah. I just sort of made that up. <laughs> There's no <laughs> science to it. It's could be 7.5, okay. uh, could right. be 7.3. I'm going with 7.4. Okay. You're gonna go with 7.4. I'm gonna I'm gonna up it. I'm gonna go to 6.99 just because we learn more about Tuvok. And it's okay. true because if you think about it, um, when you talk about Spock, Spock has a Spock has a Vulcan father and a human mother. So mm-hmm. he logically is going to have the, the battles with with mm-hmm. emotions um, and logic yeah. because he's half human. But Tuvok's 100% Tuvok. Uh, 100% Tuvok. He's 100% Vulcan. He is 100% Tuvok. <laughs> Tuvok, but he's also 100% Vulcan. Yeah. So for him to have this backstory of struggling with emotions yeah. is even more amazing. It's more, yeah. wow, we did not know that. So yeah. I'm going to go 6.99. Okay. Okay. All right. What's Let's, the rating? Here is our uh, Admiral, our Admiral and Captain average rating for gravity. Yes. Oh, 7.4. No, you got it on the money. Oh, Oh, that's crazy. I literally was saying, I don't know why 7.4 could be 7.3 could be 7.4. I just went with that. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. I feel like you deserve a a, a prize now or a stuffed animal or something like that, Robbie. Yeah, I feel like I'm- Yeah, a little stuffed animal spider is what I'm going to give you as a gift. Wow. Wow. Captains and admirals. (laughs) Okay. We're on the same page. All righty. We're on the same page. Um, Great. Okay. Well, that was really fun. What is next week? Next week, yes, we will be reviewing, rewatching, reviewing, discussing bliss. Bliss. Yeah. Okay. Look at all these one-word titles that are popping up here. Gravity, bliss. Here we go. One. One. Stabbed. <laughs> all right, Fettered. everyone. Fettered. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this week. Yeah, Join Robbie thanks. and I next week when we do discuss bliss. Thanks, everybody.